The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, my Lord. The disciples went up to Jesus and asked, Why do you talk to the crowds in parables? Because, he replied, The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are revealed to you, but they are not revealed to them. For anyone who has will be given more, and he will have more than enough. But from anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The reason I talk to them in parables is that they look without seeing and listen without hearing or understanding. So in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. You will listen and listen again, but not understand. See and see again, but not perceive. For the heart of this nation has grown coarse. Their ears are dull of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. For fear they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted and be healed by me. But happy are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. I tell you solemnly, many prophets and holy men longed to see what you see and never saw it, to hear what you hear and never heard it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So these are interesting readings. Did you hear that epic scene in the book of Exodus? Who was that reading that for us? I've forgotten already, somewhere at the back. You? Reading that epic scene from Exodus. Did you hear it? Or did you not hear it? We can get him to read it again. Um, Moses is what they called a mediator, which means Moses stood in the middle, and you've got God here and all the people here. And God's terrifying, as you can hear in that reading. Lightning thundering all over the place, and the mountain itself. It's like Mordor. It's like, no, no one wants to go there. So they need a mediator to stand between them. Okay? Um, and they were scared of Moses too, by the way. But anyway, at least Moses was a human, so they could, they could approach him. Um, and I don't know if you know this. Does, is anyone familiar with Exodus? Anyone read Exodus? No? Yeah? What happens to Moses when he comes down from the mountain after he's been talking to God? He looks different. Do you remember? His face is, his face is radiating. It's like, it's like he's a solar power panel, and he's just been soaking up all this power. And then he goes back to the people, and they're like, Moses, you better put a veil over your face because we can't look at you. It's too bright, right? Um, so something about Moses is changed by the encounter he has with the true and living God up there who calls them and who calls all of us. Like we might think, okay, good for Moses. He gets called up to the top of the mountain. But actually, through the course of our life in different ways, we're all called to the, let's say, the terrifying reality of God. You know, God stops being a little comic book idea yeah, God up there somewhere, big bearded guy in the sky, kind of loves me, you know, listens to my prayers. God ceases to be that, which is not at all confronting. And God comes to be someone that actually looks at us face to face, which was always the case, by the way, but we suddenly become a bit disillusioned to it. We've been seeing and seeing all our lives, but not really seeing, hearing and hearing all this readings and stuff, all our lives, not really hearing, until suddenly God becomes a person which means God has a personality, God has interests, God has desires, um, God has all those things that any person we've ever met has, right? I remember a few years ago, there was this, I forgot what it was called, but it was um, a project where people, they were filming, and they were saying, um, can you hold 
you know, a minute silence or two minute silence, looking face to face with this person who's a stranger. And it was kind of awkward, you know, like, as you can imagine, it's awkward to just hold eye contact with someone, especially someone you don't know, for a minute or two minutes. But they did it. And weirdly, a lot of the people, like, they got over the first 20 seconds of awkwardness, and then they really sort of gazed into each other. And then a lot of them started crying. And you think, what's, what's going on? Like, what's so emotional about holding someone's gaze? But it is. If you get past the silly awkwardness, it's like you're seeing something beautiful, tremendously beautiful. It's weird. It's like suddenly the universe is occupied by only two people, and you two matter a lot, you know? In our best encounters with our friends, this happens. We see each other in a deeper way than maybe we thought was possible. We sort of embrace each other in a, in a deep, deep way that goes far beyond the physicality of a hug. It's like a, like a spiritual hug. Maybe God is inviting us into that gaze, you know, into that mutual gaze of seeing him and being seen by him. Here's another random Facebook thing that I saw. That was one of them. The other one was... Um, did anyone see, I think it was called the invisibility prank. Did anyone see that prank? It's a so-called prank, but it seemed really traumatic when it happened. Did you see it? Have you seen it? Okay, so in the invisibility prank, um, let's say we've got a chair here and these people conspire to make a person believe that they've turned invisible, right? So um, they'll, they'll previously take a photo of the chair with no one in it and they're kind of like, you know, look at us taking a photo of this invisible person in the chair, but there's no one in the chair, right? And then they say, hey, let's do this spell, and they sit the person down, and they put the cloth over them, and they say the magic words, and they pull the cloth off, and they all pretend the person's invisible. And for the first minute or so, the person's kind of like laughing. You've seen it, right? They're laughing, and they think it's funny and whatever. But then they say, let's take a selfie, and they take it, and they say, whoa, look, there's no one there. And everyone's like looking at it, and the so-called invisible person gets up and looks, and you can see this existential horror that they think, where am I? Like, am I, am, I, am I anywhere anymore? Am I nowhere? And they cry as well, not in a good way. <laughs> they, they scream, you know. Um, it's very interesting because we have to belong. That's something about humanity. That's something about the human soul. We have to belong somewhere. If we don't, that's as close as we're going to get to hell. You know what I mean? Like, hell is not belonging. You belong. Your family and friends who've gone before you, they belong. The little insignificant kid in your class who, I don't know, just drifts around the school, they belong. Our belonging and our being held and our being gazed, um, this is a deep thing we're being invited into right now. So if I can invite us, let's close our eyes and not just look at the inside of our eyelids, you know, the dark. Uh, Shrouded in darkness is one who knows you more than you could ever know yourself, who loves you more than you could ever love yourself, um, who desires you and calls you more profoundly than anything in this world could uh, evoke your desires or call you. I invite us, let's close our eyes for a moment and behold that one. Even, even if it escapes our minds, it doesn't escape our souls. That one speaks to us and listens to us. So let's enter into conversation with him.